Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. And here comes Dreisaitl, leading a three-on-one for the win. Dreisaitl over the line, centers McDavid. were shining tonight at Rogers Place. The Edmonton Oilers rally and they win it in overtime. 4-3 over the Washington Capitals. They are 8-2-1 on the season. 3-1 Capitals after two. The Oilers come out with a spark in the third. A lot of chances. Dreisaitl got them within one. McDavid ties it with Koskinen on the bench for an extra attacker. And then you heard Jack calling the overtime winner. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, live in Studio 99. Overtime open line, courtesy of Hartland Ford. Well, Rob, when you go to a hockey game, when you sit in front of the tube or listen on 630, Chad, you want to hear the star players. You want to hear brilliant plays. And we saw it tonight. The three biggest stars in this game, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Ovechkin, and they were all brilliant. Well, let's start with, with Alex first. Alex Ovechkin was incredible tonight. Uh, he, he scored the two goals two different ways, a deflection and a shot. Uh, there was one play he came down, brought the puck in between his legs, went around the defenseman. Koskinen makes it a fantastic save, and then Ovechkin's behind the net. And he's the guy that has to try and get back and eventually dives on a two-on-one to tip the puck away where the other would have had a chance at an open net back door. Uh, he was absolutely amazing tonight, Alex Ovechkin, considering, uh, I mean, he's getting up there in age. He just seems to get better. There was a few years ago, I think, when it was Dale Hunter was coaching the Capitals. And in the playoffs, he was only getting about 13, 14 minutes a night. He wasn't playing in important situations. People were wondering if that was the demise of Ovechkin. It isn't. He continues to impress game in, game out. And then the two stars of the Edmonton Oilers, they took over in this game. Uh, the Oilers were hoping to get a little bit, bit more out of their bottom six. It didn't happen tonight. And in the third period, uh, Dave Tippett just, it seemed like he had two lines going. And it was one line with McDavid and Drysell, and it was another line to give them a break. And then back with McDavid and Drysell. Absolutely uh, incredible game by the two of them. I, I think that the 4-3 victory is probably much deserved. I thought the Oilers were the better team as the game went on. In the third period, especially, the Washington Capitals kind of just held on, and the Oilers kept pushing and pushing. And then you thought when Neil tipped the puck or shot the puck, it went off the post, and you're thinking, oh, is that the chance? But they just kept on coming. So uh, in a game with three of the biggest stars in the National Hockey League, last year's 250-goal scores and Connor McDavid, 
Uh, it did not disappoint. One of the most entertaining games we've seen uh, at Rogers in a long, long time. And, and, and the star players, both goaltenders made clutch saves. Holtby wasn't as busy until the third period, but even in the second period, a, a couple of brilliant stops that the Oilers could have maybe started their rally earlier. Koskinen holding the Oilers in it. He probably won't like the first goal, but we haven't said that a lot about Oilers goaltenders at all this year. And it was after a, a long period of zone time for the Capitals. So, you know, I think you got to hand it to both goalies tonight as well. It's a little bit of chippiness, not a, not a ton, but we did, did see uh, a little bit. I mean, just a very competitive and fun game to watch. And the Oilers... They well, they had those games right at the start of the season where they were tied after the second period in a few and fell behind in the third, but still won. This one, they're actually trailing going into the third. And and, and you hope wins like this, rallies like this matter as, as the season goes along. And I know one thing, Rob, when we would interact with fans either on air or just talking to people we know, they would say when the Oilers were down a goal, even in the first period, I felt like it was over. How bad is it going to get? Well, this year, so far with the Oilers, you feel like you're never going to go away because they've been able to, to do enough to, to stay in most games and rally to win most of them. Well, in the last couple of years when, when there was disappointment and a lot of it came early in hockey games, it was because if the Oilers trailed, you knew they weren't going to get the big save when they needed it. And they didn't. For, for the last couple of years, goaltending, for the most part, wasn't as good as it needed to be. What we've seen this year is the Oilers have got the big save at all the big moments in a hockey game. Uh, when the Oilers are tied going into the third or if they fall behind, they, they knew that if that goalie made that extra save for them, that McDavid and Drysdale would do something special later in the game to get them back to even. And, and tonight... Uh, tomorrow we're going to be, or excuse me, tomorrow we're going to be talking about McDavid and Dreisaitl and what an incredible game. Or we're talking about the, magis, the magic that we see in Ovechkin still. But there was two or three saves early in that third period that Koskinen made that kept the game within reach. There was a couple times that the Capitals could have extended. The one where Ovechkin goes in, he, he goes between his legs, comes in on Koskinen one-on-one. Costin makes a big save. There was a big toe save. There was a backdoor save that he got across on. Those were saves, timely saves, that allowed the Oilers to stay in it, to stay in the fight. And, and those saves pump up a bench. They get the bench going, you know, th- th- he's got it for us. He's got our back. Nothing else is getting by him. We just need one. And Koskinen, just like Smith, has given the Oilers quality starts every time they went in there. So I would imagine that this will continue again with the two games on, two games off, because Koskinen, the way he played tonight, the way he battled in that third period, to me, deserves the start again on Sunday and just continue with the role that the Oilers are on. 4-3, the Oilers take it in overtime. They're just playing the highlights on the big screen here in Studio 99 as we get a look at that overtime goal. In off that camera that's mounted at the lower part of the net, I know that caused a little bit of a delayed reaction. For, for me included, I was like, what? How did that, how did it, that not it go It didn't in? for Leon. In and Leon out, well, right away. You can see it quickly, and obviously the ref had the, the point right away. But and, and again, that's one of those plays where sometimes you'll hear, well, why, why wouldn't McDavid shoot? 
But they're so quick with it, and they trust these others. I mean, yeah, if that puck hops going to dry sidle and it rolls into the corner, but they trust each other so much they can make I, that play. I, I will never question uh, either Connor or Leon on the decision they make when the puck's on their stick because they're two of the greatest in the, in the league today, and they know better than anyone sitting in the crowd or sitting in the press box. But again, we, we just talked about Koskinen. Just before that, Koskinen made two saves. I, normally, in, in overtime, it's a missed opportunity in one end that creates an even better opportunity in the other. And Koskinen made the one save out in front, and then it was Backstrom that went around and had a wraparound. It looked like he had time. It looked like he was going to come all the way around. Koskinen gets his foot over, and at that point, puck bounces out, and it was game over. There's no way they're going to get back and catch uh, Drysaddle and McDavid, which at one point was a two-on-one, but turned into a two-on-zero as Orlov. He laid his body out. You can't lay your body out against those two because they're going to make you look silly, and they did. And an absolutely beautiful play by McDavid and Drysaddle. I got to say that's one of the most exciting games I've covered since the Lloyd Border Kings won the 2007 Allen Cup. I got there's a couple guys in here from the Border City, so I got to give them a, a, a shout out. I've it's been up new, there a few times doing different audience. events, lady. Lloyd's a great town. All right, Oilers win it 4-3 in overtime. Just a brilliant game all around. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. Four goals tonight. That means a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous, courtesy Ascendant Financial. When the name of the game is life, there's Ascendant Financial. Visit CoveredAlberta.ca. Well, and you touched on it, Rob. The, the two players in the league, the only two, who got 50 goals last season, and they both, in regulation time, made shots where you know granted the the team that Washington was on a power play and the Oilers wound up with an odd numbered rush but where it looked like the goalie got across and probably thought to himself okay I'm covering as much as the net as I can and both Ovechkin and Dreisaitl hit that small target but when a, a great goal scorer has time and space it doesn't matter if the goalie's ready it, it honestly it doesn't I mean Koskinen was completely set and ready for Ovechkin but Ovechkin he can pick where he wants to go. He's got all the time in the world. There was no one going to get him. The Oilers had, had sold out on, on the PK, had four guys pressing, and the puck got through. Now it's Ovechkin and a goalie, and I'm going to put my money on Ovechkin every time, no matter what goalie you have. And then Dreisaitl, too. He's got time and space and speed. He was coming with speed there, too. Uh, Holtby tried to get big, but just not big enough. Goal scorers find places to put the puck, and both of them did tonight. I, again, this, this was a fun night. It was a fun night that uh, I hope nobody went home early when the game was 3-1 in the third period because the Oilers are a team right now, and it's still early in the season, but it's getting later. They're a team right now that there's no quit, and they have the ability to come back. They have the two best offensive forwards in the National Hockey League, and this year they've added goaltenders that are making big saves. 4-3 in overtime, the Oilers win. And on Dreisaitl's first goal, the one that pulled Edmonton within one, 425 into the third, we have the, the TVs mounted up on, on the press box. And today, for some reason, the, the TV feed was quite a bit behind the live action. So if you wanted to see something, you could turn your head and see the development. Seven seconds before that goal was scored, the puck was behind the Oilers' net. Mm -hmm. Seven seconds. Well, that, that was the play that uh, and, uh, Bob and I talked about it after the game. Matt Benning was getting chased out of his own zone from behind the net. And it was a smart play by the Washington Capitol. He brought Benning out on his backhand side. But Benning made a cross-ice backhand pass 
tape to tape with Cassian. That if he doesn't make the pass perfect, the others don't get the break, which turned into a two-on-one. But he makes an absolutely perfect pass. Benning was outstanding tonight and was rewarded with extra ice time in the third period as he and Kleppbaum played as as a pair in the third period is when they went down to four guys the last half. But they had the puck behind the net and they broke out with speed and with support. Cassian got the puck and he just pushed it to an area because he knew that McDavid was going to be there. Drysettle just went with speed and eventually he gets the puck on his stick. He made absolutely no mistake. They turned a play from behind their own net into a two-on-one partial breakaway in seven seconds. Darnell Nurse had the other Edmonton goal tonight. That came 13-20 into the game. It ended that ugly Oilers goalless drought at 165-58. Edmonton was up 1-0 after one. Capitals up 3-1 after two. Edmonton ties it in the third. McDavid scored 12 seconds after Koskinen went to the bench for an extra attacker. And then this man wins it in OT. Here he is, courtesy GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com. Leon Dreisaitl. Is there a sense of belief that you guys can chip away and get back in it and get to the third? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we've done it all year pretty much. Um, coming back from uh, from deficit. So, um, you know, we believe in here. And, um, you know, we just needed to clean up a few things. And, um, yeah, get a little little cleaner, a little um, more direct towards the net. And you know, I thought we did that uh, in the third. And um, it was a big, big win for us. The ability to kind of rely on the defense and keep it close is kind of the, the bedrock. Of yeah, Koski was, was big in that, absolutely. Um, but even in the second, I didn't think we were that bad. I, um, you know, obviously they scored one on the power play. Um, you know, it's a pretty decent goal scorer over there, so um, he's gonna he's gonna put those in. But um, you know, it's more about you know coming back in this game. Like that's that's a really good team over there. Uh, they're gonna be in the playoffs, and um, you know we we beat a very good team. So um, I'm proud of proud of the guys. This was built. Sorry, sorry, this was kind of built as a statement game, and you guys kind of made a bit of a statement. I think. Yeah, um, you know, like I said, we, we stuck with it. Um, you know, we battled, and, and obviously, you know, like I said, that's a good team over there. They're going to make their plays. They're going to score goals. But, um, you know, it's a matter of sticking with it and, and um, uh, you know, not, not getting off our game too much, even though we're down a few goals or whatever it is. You, uh, we in the media made a lot of noise about the 250 goal scorers playing each other. Uh, you watched Ovi score two, and then you came out and scored two. Uh, fun to be involved with him at this level, scoring goals together? <laughs> yeah, it's fun. When they go in, it's fun, but when they don't go in, it's not that much fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't make, I don't really think about you guys. I'll leave that up to you guys. You guys can make the stories out of that. Leon, did you know Connor was passing as soon as he passed it off on that 2 You have to expect it. Um, wouldn't have been mad if he put it in himself, put it that way. <laughs> All right, that's Leon Dreisaitl, Brendan Escott working in the Oilers' dressing room tonight. It, it is pretty fun when they go in. You can speak from experience now, Rob. <laughs> it's way more fun. It's better fun. than when the goalie stops it. It is. And another, uh, a couple other things in the game tonight, too. You start looking at the stat pages. Ethan Bear, almost 26 minutes tonight. I don't know if either one of us sitting here during preseason would have been talking about a game where Ethan Bear plays 26 minutes. He played 26, and he was strong. Again, another great effort by him tonight. And the other thing that's a, a, a little of an oddity, but I think it really magnifies 
what we've seen most of this year with the bottom six. All bottom six forwards tonight played less than 10 minutes. So when, when it came to crunch time, when the Oilers were down, uh, there, there was, it wasn't a shortened bench to go to three lines. It was a shortened bench more or less going with two lines as none of the bottom six guys cracked 10 minutes. They just aren't getting a lot of juice out of them offensively. And that's why you're seeing the McDavid's yep. playing 27 minutes. The dry sidles almost 27 minutes. A lot of ice time for those guys tonight and much deserved. Yeah, and that's still going to be a concern going oh, forward. Yeah. But, yeah, but, they, but they overcame it tonight. Get the 4-3 overtime victory. Oilers improve to 8-2-1 on the season. You mentioned Ethan Bear. Certainly his emergence and increased usage as we're going along is the adjustment of the game. For the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors, if it hurts you, a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. 7804960063. We have Robert standing by. Robert, thanks a lot for calling in. Go ahead. Hey, Robert, do we have you? Can you hear me? All right, we may not have. We'll try. Uh, we'll try that again uh, later on. Instead, we will go down to the Capitals dressing room. This guy was brilliant in his own right tonight, courtesy BDO First Call Debt Solutions bankruptcies and consumer proposals licensed insolvency trustees here's alexander ovechkin the game with yeah the lead but with Braden and the saves that he made it may not have been two points tonight but he was awfully good for you guys back there too yeah um he played great um you know, he was best player out there uh for both teams i think and uh um it sucks that uh we didn't uh, get two points for him just just there in the third period was you guys just need more pressure and yeah, um, pressure, uh, manage the puck, and uh, um, don't give them uh, free space in neutral zone, how I said. Uh, we have to learn from that and uh, move forward. After a loss like this, maybe good to have another game the next yeah, night? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have to bounce back right away, uh, back on track. Um, it's hard build, uh, hard building a play um, when you're like, uh, not going to give up and uh, you know um, get points, by the way, at least uh, I can get two. You, you were aware that Dreisaitl and McDavid were shut out three games in a row, so were you playing with fire there? No, um, I think we just given them uh, that freedom, um, especially in the third. Um, we're talking about before, uh, and, uh, after the second, then uh, we go out there and uh, make uh, those mistakes. All right, thanks. All right, thank so, Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room. That is Alexander Ovechkin, who scored goals. I mean, we mentioned the one where he, he just picked a spot, but then the other one, an amazing deflection. It was, and what it was was like a called shot. He, when the puck was puck went from D to D, when it went to the second defenseman, the guy that he was facing, he held his stick out about waist level, and he kind of ta air tapped it, telling Kate, "I want the puck here. Throw the puck at my stick." good on the defenseman. I can't remember. Was that Orlov that made that play? I am, or is it? No, I guess it's... Oh, Siegenthaler made the shot. I'm glad yeah. you said that name because I would have messed that one up, but uh, he, he hit the stick perfectly, and Ovechkin had the puck hit his stick and drop three feet. No chance at all for Koskinen, but he told him where he wanted. A lot of people think when you're tipping a puck, you want to shoot it on the ice as hard as you can and let them tip it on the ice. The harder ones for goalies are the ones that are coming in in the air because as you see, the goalie stands up. So Koskin is trying to get big. When he gets big, the puck goes down. All of a sudden, he's got a big five hole. So uh, two... Uh, wonderful goals by an incredible goal scorer and Alex Ovechkin. He did not disappoint, and it was uh, an entertaining night, and the Edmonton Oilers fans went home very, very happy. 4-3 overtime win for the Oilers. Let's go back to the phones and try again here with uh, Robert. Robert, do we have you this time? Can you hear me? 
folks. All right, Kellen, we're going to have to just figure something out there. We, we can hear him on the big speakers here in Studio 99, but not well enough. He's not coming through our headsets. So, Robert, I'm, I'm sorry. We'll just have to iron that out uh, on, the, on the phone lines and everybody there holding. We, we do appreciate it. We will get to you as we roll along here tonight. Uh, Kyle says on the text line to 636-30, are Connor and Leon going to carry the team the whole season? What are these bottom six guys going to give some offense? It's especially needed for games like the previous two. And another texter says the Oilers just beat a top-tier team. I know there are some secondary scoring question marks, but it isn't hurting our defense too much. Are we finally at a point where we can say the Oilers are a threat for at least a division title? Well, I, I think they're certainly being noticed around the National Hockey League by other teams. I think that their, their record and the way they're playing, uh, teams are coming in and saying, okay, this is, this is a good hockey club. Uh, they've got... Uh, very good specialty teams. They have the two best offensive players in the National Hockey League, and they're getting solid goaltending. And, and I said before, if the secondary scoring isn't there the entire season, if their goaltenders play as well as they have and have a save percentage close to what it is, if their specialty teams are in the top ten, right now they going into the game, they're both in the top five, and you got the two best players in the uh, offensively in the league, you're going to be a playoff hockey club. So I, I, I don't think you start looking at division titles or things like that so you get about 60 games into the into the season because you got to start look i mean there's injuries that could happen along the way and you don't know if this is the finished product when it comes to the team but this is 11 games into the season the edmonton oilers right now are a good hockey club there are warts just like the washington capitals are a good hockey club i'm not sold on their bottom three defensemen there's a lot of mistakes made by them so every team has warts in the national hockey league but right now, the Edmonton Oilers' strengths are overcoming their deficits, and that's goaltending and the top two players. Coach Mike says second time this season, the Oilers score with the goalie pulled and win the game. Not sure how many times, how many times it happened last season. It, they, they tied the game with the goalie out three times last year. In St. Louis, they won in a shootout. They tied it here against Florida and won the game and they tied it late with the goalie out against Arizona and lost so they got five you can say they, they got five extra points last year because of a late tying goal you can argue already I, already four this year I'm about to call you Reed Stoffer with that kind of memory well, so that's pretty impressive I, remember. I do not remember wow. as much as Bob but wow things, I don't even remember well, how many I, games I remember, the others played last year I remember those because for the longest time they hadn't they had that game against Montreal years ago where they tied it late, and I think Anton Landers scored in overtime, and then it was something like three years between really? goals with the goalie out. So anyway, we got a break for the news. We'll have more post-game reaction. We're live in Studio 99. Oilers Hockey presented by World of Spas. They win it in OT 4-3. Overtime open line, courtesy Heartland Ford. Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. He's taken out. Ovechkin went down in a heap. Hathaway finds Ovechkin, who clambered back up, rifles a shot on net, a save made by Koskinen. And just like that, after 23 uneventful minutes, Ovechkin gets a good chance. Well, he would get a couple more and score on them, but Koskinen able to hold the Oilers in it and start 5-0. First Oilers goaltender ever to do that. 4-3 overtime win for Edmonton tonight, and that was the save of the game courtesy Jiffy Lube, B-Wise, winterized. So the Oilers are 8-2-1. 
The Flames are 6-5-1, and one, a 6-5 shootout win over the Panthers. That one got a little uh, crazy in the third period. Panthers are here Sunday afternoon. The scoreboard, of course, presented by Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Also, the Stars knock off the Ducks 2-1. The Flyers over the Blackhawks 4-1. Predators shut out the Wild 4-0. The Blues beat the Kings 5-2. Blue Jackets down the Hurricanes 4-3 in overtime. It's the Rangers getting a 6-2 win over the Sabres. The Sabres are 8-2-1. Islanders over the Coyotes 4-2 and the Sharks win in Montreal 4-2. Evander Kane, two goals tonight. He now has six on the season and Thursday night football, Vikings over Washington 19-9. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, live in studio 99. Okay, we're, we're just going to give this one more spin here. Do we have, uh, is Robert still hanging on hold, Kellen? Okay, let's see if we've ironed this out here. We're going to, third time hopefully is the charm. Robert, can we hear you this time? Yeah, uh, 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 yeah. Can you hear me? We got you in our headset. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, well, uh, well, I thought tonight. I thought. I mean, the Oilers. They see. They seem like a. They seem like a different team than in than uh, in, than, uh, in years past. Uh, when they're behind, they just. Uh, it's, uh, it seemed to me like uh, the last couple of years they get behind, then they think to themselves, okay, well, you know, like you know, like we're you know, we might not uh, we might not get the uh, the big save when we need it, so we probably. Probably don't have much of a chance to come back. Well, it's certainly a confidence builder when you know that your goaltenders are making big saves game in, game out. And each game that they play and the goaltenders have a good night, it's just that much more confidence for the next time you, you, you put on the pads. So right now, there are, as we said, there are some things that the Oilers got to continue to improve on and things that they want to be better at. But the big things, the number the number one, two, and three for, for, for you going to be a, a successful team, goaltending, power play, penalty killing are all very good. And you add the fact that you've got the two highest scoring forwards in the National Hockey League on your team. That's a very good recipe for success. All right, thanks, Robert. We appreciate it. Let's head back down to the Oilers dressing room for GCL Diesel. Genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Three points tonight for Connor McDavid. We've had some comebacks before this year, but like that's a real solid third period against a good team. Big point, two points for your group. I'll definitely take it, obviously. Losing two in a row is uh, no fun. Um, you know, we needed to find a way to come back in the game, and we did. Um, no credit to the group. We uh, battled hard there in that third, and you know, it took the full full 20 minutes, but uh, you know, we found a way. What did you make kind of the third period? You guys were flying, but yet it seemed like that tying goal wasn't coming. So again, another their late goal, just how that pushed you then into overtime to win. Yeah, they're they're a veteran team and they know how to win games. Um, you know, they they clog it up, they they you know they know how to hold on to leads, they're comfortable playing in one goal games and you know they showed it tonight. Um no credit to us for, for sticking with it and not not folding and um no battling back. Can, can you explain kind of like the third period you personally really just took over on every shift dominant it it's really hard for a guy to you can't just flip a switch, but do you have any way that all of a sudden you just go from, you know, having a good game to just utterly dominating? Um, you know, I think it was just a group effort. Everyone everyone found another gear. Our D moved the puck up quick. Um, you know, we were playing fast. When we do that, everyone looks good. Um, you know, I thought everyone looked good during that third period, so, um, you know, it's credit to the group. You guys went uh, two games without a goal, two periods, you only had one goal that kind of went in off of their guy. Uh, you're squeezing your sticks, and then you come on the third, and no one played like that. Is anything 
you know, how do you turn it around from a team that has trouble scoring to a team that just pressured on for a period like that? Um, you know, I don't think anyone, you know, loses confidence. It's just these things happen. They happen throughout the course of a season. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, on the OT winner, uh, the ice might be a bit choppy. I wonder if you thought about you. I mean, it was a bang-bang play, but I don't know if you gave it any thought to shoot or you were thinking, I'm going back to Leon. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, you know, you're, you're sitting in the slot with the game on your stick. You're thinking about shooting it. Um, you know, Leon did a good job of staying with it. A lot of guys just kind of float away um, you know, and don't, don't, don't hang around. So, you know, he passed it and stayed there and um, it made it a little bit of a 2-0. Two 250 goal scorers from last year. <laughs> get two tonight. Are these the two elite shooters in the league? right now? I mean, obviously Ovechkin's been doing it for 12 years, whatever he's been doing it for. Um, you know, one of the best ever to do it. So, um, you know, he holds, uh, he holds the gold standard when it comes to goal scoring. Um, you know, obviously, Leon's finding his way. Um, you know, 50 goals last year. Um, you know, shoots the puck great. You know, scores in different ways. Um, you know, so, obviously, uh, uh, two real good players. That would be true. Perhaps an understatement. Well, he usually is very understated, Connor, so. Yeah, Dreisaitl, Ovechkin, outstanding goal scorers. They prove it again tonight. The Oilers get one more, winning at 4-3 in overtime. 780-496-0063. We have Nick standing by. Nick, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, great win tonight. Uh, there's something that I've been wondering for a while, and this is maybe something Rob can answer for me. Um, you know, I kind of think of Dustin Bufflin when I see... Darnell Nurse, obviously Darnell Nurse is a lot quicker, but I feel like maybe Darnell Nurse can become a winger at some point. I feel like he jumps up in a play a lot, which is great, because we haven't had a guy like that in a long time that can do that. But with his speed coming to the from the outside, going in, using his frame, shielding off a defender, I think that could be a nice little fit for the Oilers with his speed and size. Do you think that could be a possibility at some point? But maybe more in the future, obviously not something that would happen in the next 15 games or this season, something that they can look over time to make that type of transition with them? Uh, I, I don't think it'll happen. I think the Edmonton Oilers management sees Darnell Nurse being a top two defenseman. I don't think they see him at all as a forward. Um, there's a lot of defensemen in the National Hockey League that are incredibly offensive that you would think would be good for. You look at Eric Carlson. I'm sure he could play anywhere and have success, but it's hard to find good defensemen. And the thing that Darnell Nurse adds is he has a little nastiness to him. He plays uh, his body positioning's good on the back end. I, I just don't think there's any thought now, and I don't believe that the Edmonton Oilers are ever going to entertain that thought. I think they are happy with. Darnell's progression as a hockey player and they has, they see him as being a number one or two defenseman for a lot of years coming forward. 4-3. The Oilers able to get the overtime win tonight. An absolute thriller as at Rogers place. More post-game reaction. We still got to hear from both head coaches. More from you as well. Overtime open line presented by Heartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. And here comes Dreisaitl, leading a three-on-one for the win. Dreisaitl over the line, centers McDavid, back to Dreisaitl. One-timer, score! And this game is over! McDavid to Dreisaitl for the winner! Edmonton 4, Washington 3. 
and that's Jack's call on it. It was kind of funny. Jack said it was a three-on-one. Did you notice the third player out there? Because I know that Connor and Leon didn't. Well... That was like the Lemieux was Gretzky late. one Larry, in the Canada Larry Cup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Larry Murphy. Nobody really noticed the third Nurse. person. Nurse was coming late. He had the rebound if there was one. There wasn't going to be a rebound. <laughs> Oilers win 4-3 in overtime. Great game with that goal. And thanks to uh, the Oilers tweeted this out. And thanks to a couple people reminding me on the text line. Eighth regular season overtime goal for Leon Dreisaitl. Most in Oilers history. Connor McDavid has seven. Yari Curry had seven. Taylor Hall and Ryan Smith each had five. Obviously, Drysdale McDavid getting to play three-on-three three overtime, which helps, but still, it, it, well, you got to do it. I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say by the time the two of them are done, one of them is going to be in the 20s. Oh, yeah, probably. I mean, the, the, there, there's going to be that many overtimes. and Well, I, one of them scores almost every overtime. Yes. <laughs> score, they play about three and a half minutes well, of an overtime. Yeah, they have a rule, too. They, one can't get two ahead of the other one, so next time it's got to be Connor. So Leon will pass to Connor. Connor's going to shoot next time. Uh, this texter says, are the Oilers better suited to play against teams that play more of a run-and-gun style instead of trap-type teams like Minnesota and Winnipeg? Uh, uh, yes and no. One of oil, one of the Oilers' lines is better in the running gun. The other three aren't. Uh, Leon and, and Connor, obviously, if you're going to trade chances with them, uh, odds say that they're going to benefit out of that because they're they have better offensive pedigree. They're they're going to score more of their chances than they're going to give up. The other three lines that the Oilers have a running gun game doesn't really help them. Uh, you got two lines that haven't had a goal this season, so a running gun game is going to really hurt them. And Nugent Hopkins with Neil and Chase on, I believe Neil and Chase on are much better players below the tops of the circles. That's where they're going to have their success as opposed to where Nugent Hopkins can play just about anything. So uh, for the Oilers, yeah, they, they have the ability because of Connor and, and Leon to play any type of game. But I don't think in a... If you're going to have four lines playing run and gun, I don't think that favors the Oilers. KP says, Rob is a goal scorer. How did you deal with teammates that couldn't score for long periods of time? Do you work with them? Do you leave them alone? Uh, I left them alone. I didn't want any of their bad mojo to rub off on me. <laughs> um, no, that's not true. Uh, certain, guys would, would, certain guys would talk to you. There'd be certain guys that want to stay out after practice and, and just do the things that you do. Um, a lot of goal scorers have uh, certain things that they like to do in practice, before practice, after practice. And I know that when I was struggling, I'd see someone that was hot and just see what they were doing. I'd look at their sticks. I'd look at their gloves, anything to try and give you a bit of an advantage. But uh, all hockey players will help out a teammate when, they're at, when they ask for it. No hockey player will suggest something on their own. You want to be asked. You don't want to give your input to someone you let them figure it out first and and then they can come to you all right seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three we have brady standing by brady thanks a lot for calling don't worry boys i uh can you hear me all right yeah we got you all right right on uh just wanted to say a couple of things number one i called after the troy game and again uh, another great comeback uh, but the only thing, the, the thing I wanted to bring up here, it, it looked on the road trip a little bit like uh, like this, and I think that the difference between the second and third period is, uh, tonight at least, was it looked like on the road trip of the second period tonight, it was 
maybe trying to get a little too cute at times. You know, a lot of little drop passes, maybe, uh, you know, a time or two where you make that extra move at the blue line. And it seemed in the third period they maybe simplified the game a little bit, were rewarded for it. And secondly, the other thing I wanted to say is, is I think Leon Dreisaitl is fully on the scene as an elite player in this league. I mean, you're playing against Ovi tonight, arguably one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. He's got a pair, and then you go out and, and match him and, and score the OT winner. I, I think it's, it was just tremendous tonight. Good character win, and I uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Oh, I, I'd be hard-pressed to name five players in the National Hockey League playing better than Leon over the last two years. I, I really would. I think that uh, you've also seen how the new coaching staff sees him as, as a player that not only plays in offensive situations, five on three against, he's the guy out there taking a face-off. Big face-off that you need to be won while you're shorthanded, he's out there doing that. So, uh, yeah, I think Leon not only has arrived, he's he's jumped to the front of a lot of uh, rankings for best players in the National Hockey League. He's, he's a top five player in my opinion. I think the Oilers, when they play straight lines from lines two through four, they're a much more effective team. I think the first line, they can dipsy-doodle and dangle anywhere they want because I think they've earned the right to be able to make those choices. Dreisaitl, the first star tonight. McDavid, second star. Ovechkin, third star. Our fourth star is courtesy White Eagle Homes, built from the homeowner's perspective with thousands of personalization options. Visit whiteeaglehomes.ca. Well, I'm just going to give it to Darnell Nurse because he broke that long scoreless drought for the Oilers, even though it was put in off a capital stick. He, well, he still gets credit for one they needed to get going. And his stat line's not bad either. Goal plus one, played 25 and a half minutes, six shots on net tonight, four more attempts, couple hits. Uh, he had a strong night. They're now, I mean, the Oilers, their top three, four defensemen play a lot in these games, and Darnell Nurse, again, was very, very good. Uh, Brad says, Reed, can you ask Rob what Chris Russell was doing on the PK? Shane and Clefbaum were in the corner battling for the puck. Russell leaves the best shooter in the world wide open in front of the net. I think that is the type of penalty killing that the Oilers use. I think they they overload. They try to, and Reed, you and I have talked about it a few times. We've watched the, the replays where they'll have four guys within 10 feet of each other. They're a very aggressive PK. The one guy that is open on the PK when you get that aggressive is the guy that's in the slot. Most times, because you're so aggressive, the players don't have time to make the play. The Capitals made two very good passes, and that was their second unit out there. Ovechkin plays defense on both units, but that was their second unit, and the two players made nice plays to get it to them. I don't think that is on Russell. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't think that's on Russell. I think that is the way that the Oilers penalty kill, and they're just very aggressive, and on that one, they got beat. 4-3 Oilers win in overtime. 780-496-0063. We will welcome Greg to Heartland Ford overtime open line. Go ahead, Greg. Hey, guys. So I just want to say a couple things real quick. I think we got a little bit lucky tonight. I'm, I mean, the third period, we all played them. But uh, at 3-1, there was a little bit of trepidation for me because, uh, you know, the, the way the team has been the last few years. But we came back again went for like the sixth time. So this team does look a little bit different uh, than previous years. It's still early, and, and we'll see how, how, how you know, the season plays out. But um, the, the, what I, uh, one other thing I want to say is um, Ethan Bear, he, he's playing really well. 
with that little chip off the boards, and then when he rotates or spins off the the four checker to get the puck and then and then dish the puck out, they're starting to um, key in on that, and now they're taking his body away from him and pinning him against the board. So um, I hope he can, um, you know, make some adjustments to uh, still continue his his good play. So I just want your thoughts on that. Well, all young players come up and they play a certain way, and usually they surprise the opposition because there's not a lot of video on them. But once you start watching video, you say, okay, here's a tendency. And when they start figuring out that tendency, then the coaches, the Oilers coaches, will look at Ethan and say, okay, here's what you're doing. Here's how they're reading it. Now we're going to try this. Ethan Bear is a smart young man that's got a ton of talent. The Oilers have got a very good coaching staff. Ethan, every, every game he plays, he gains experience. And he'll figure out as he goes along what works and what doesn't work. So I have no no hesitation in thinking that Ethan Bear is going to continue to improve. And anything that they figure out that he does, he'll find something else to get it by because he does have the skill level and the hockey IQ to be a good defenseman at the National Hockey League level. He has been very good making passes out yep. of tight spaces. That's he, what's impressed me the most. He made about three or four of those again tonight where there's a huge crowd and he just kind of pulls the stick close to him and kind of just chips the puck between some players, and he finds that guy wide open. And when he does that, he usually springs that forward. It's a centerman usually, and that forward all of a sudden has uh, an extra three or four steps before he has to make a play. Ethan Bear, again, I mean, I, I can't harp on it enough. It, there's, I don't know about you, but there was zero chance that I would have expected Ethan Bear to be playing 25, 26, 27 minutes and playing it as well as he has. He has been a revelation, and good on him. He came into camp in shape, uh, mentally, physically, uh, and earned a job. Nothing was given to Ethan Bear. He earned this job, and he's earning the ice time that he's getting. Oilers went 4-3. Whenever they get to 5, we turn on the goal light, courtesy Japanese Village. Triple-A steak and succulent seafood cooked at your table. Celebrate your senses on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. It allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. 4-3 in overtime for the Oilers tonight. They trailed 3-1 after 2. McDavid tied it with the goalie pulled with a minute 38 left. All right, we will go to Brian on the open line. Brian, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? Good. Good, good. Uh, so just two things I want to kind of touch on and get your guys' opinion on. Um, one, is this maybe the best team chemistry we've had on this team since at least, you know, 05, 06 season? Uh, and, and then secondly, um, would you guys also agree or disagree with how the Oilers have started um, for a couple of years in the past decade that going strong, uh, you don't want to uh, waver on that. So would you guys say that the next maybe 10 or even the 20 games going into the Christmas break are the most important games of the season right now? Uh, I don't know. I, I think that if at the beginning of the season, everyone would have said the first 10 games. And then now people say, well, you know, the next 10 games are but they're all important. Every, every game has the same, same point at the end of it. You either get two, one, or zero. Uh, the Oilers could go 500 till Christmas, and then all of a sudden the first 10 games out of the Christmas break are the most important. I think the Oilers right now 
just got to continue playing good hockey. The wins and losses will take care of themselves. If they play good hockey, uh, they will be in every game. As for chemistry, I've talked to the guys on the team. I, I, I do events with them uh, throughout the summertime. When you say chemistry, guys that get along, they've always got along. This is a good group. Last year, it wasn't chemistry. It just weren't good enough. They, they had, at, at times, seven, eight players that weren't capable of being strong NHL players. So I don't think that's chemistry. I think they're just, they have a, a better team. They're getting better saves this year. And I think that, to me, yeah. is more so than chemistry. Yeah, it's a good, it's, it's a good question, and, and I brought this up several times. You know, I'm talking to Buck Martinez, the, the season the Blue Jays won two-thirds of their game in, in August and September. You know, he played, and now he's a broadcaster. He said, what comes first, the winning or the chemistry? It's, it could be different for every team. I'll tell you what they had in 05 and 06. I'll tell you what they had in 16-17 when they made the playoffs, and I'll tell you what they've had so far this year, goaltending. Yes, great goaltending makes everybody look good. Right? The, 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 if the Oilers right now, if they were getting average goaltending and their record on the season was 500 or right, right around 500, we'd be hearing a lot more about the bottom six. But great goaltending is hiding the fact that they've got seven guys without a point or a goal on the season. So... Goaltending is the most important thing in the National Hockey League. You can have good goal scorers, you can have good this or that, but if you've got no goaltender, you have no chance. The Oilers have got good goaltender throughout the first 11 games of this season. Yeah. Actually, and, change that. They've gotten great goaltending. Yeah, and, and again, you know, when it's 3-1, it, it never got to 4-1. If it gets to 4-1, it's over. Yeah. If it gets to 4-1 in the first five minutes of the third before Leon scores... And then, really, even if it gets to 4-2 with 10 minutes left, it's, it's probably Kos over. Koskinen made big saves to keep the game within reach. And any game, any game going into the third period, the Oilers were within two, they have a chance. Because in the first 18 minutes, if McDavid and Drysdale get it within one, you have a chance to pull your goaltender. So uh, Koskinen did his job again tonight. All right, got to finish the play here with Brian. He is already getting up to eight days parking at Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com and self-park as low as $5.98 per day with the promo code CHED. High slot, wrist shot, save, rebound, deflected, and Hopi made the save on Nugent Hopkins. Okay, for finish the play, what Western Hockey League team did Braden Holtby play for? Was it Saskatoon or Seattle? Oh, I want to say it was Saskatoon. Yes, say it was Saskatoon. Yeah. All right, your name's going to the grand prize draw. That was a tougher for one. For one hour at Fast Track Indoor Karting, valued at 1000 bucks. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. That was tougher. Well, there can't I can't make I, all freebies. Well, yeah, but I wasn't going to be able to give a, give a hint. The only hint I would have guessed was I would have said it was the one that starts with S. All right, we're uh, still going to bring you Dave Tippett after the 11 o'clock news. The Oilers pull it out 4-3 in overtime. We're live in Studio 99, overtime open line, courtesy Hartland Ford. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by World of Spas. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Ovechkin trying to hunt the puck down, but Bears able to hold on to it. Wrapped around in front, Neil Centers. One-timer score! And it's time the game! McDavid squeezed it through, Braden Holtby for the equalizer! Minute 37 to go! It's three Dry settle over the line. Centers McDavid back to Dry Settle. One timer. 
Well, great drama at Rogers Place tonight. Oilers win it 4-3 in OT. Our buddy Jack Michaels with the outstanding play-by-play as usual. We didn't even talk a lot about the the tying goal. Koskinen went to the bench with a minute 50 left. Oilers were able to tie it 12 seconds later, and it was McDavid from Neal and Chason. Yeah, with a, a nice play. Yeah, a nice play behind the net. Chason kept the play alive, and Neal came out from behind. Uh, good patience by him. A uh, veteran player who didn't just think throw the puck blindly at net. He came out high enough, read the situation, and the situation said, you know what, our best player is wide open in the slot. I'm going to get him the puck. And he got him the puck, and it was a quick shot. That's It's not an easy shot because it wasn't a one-timer side for him, but he one-timed, he one-touched it off his stick and just got a Holtby sliding across. It barely got in. It barely crossed the line. I think it was Nugent Hopkins was whacking at it just in case it didn't get across. But uh, a nice play. And uh, again, those were those are support scores. It's not Drysdale. It wasn't Nugent Hopkins. It wasn't McDavid that set up that play. It was Neal and Chase on. Nice play by the two of them, keeping a play alive and allowing Connor to get the puck on net. All right. Let's hear from Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Well, uh, Dave, it's early in the season, I know, but avoiding losing streaks. There's only two games. Can you put a, how important that third period was in the fight back from your team and then to get the win in overtime? Well, we felt like we were playing all right. We were down 3-1. We made a couple mistakes, but we felt like we were playing all right. So we, we just said, let's stick with it in the third period. And we kind of got some momentum and got rolling. And uh, we got that first one and we felt like we were, we were in the game, you know. So our big guys kind of took over there and ended up with a win. So it's to get... Uh, I mean, not scoring for a couple of games. I thought we played well the Winnipeg game. The Minnesota game, we didn't play very well at all. And that was, uh, I just felt like our team had, was dragging that day. There was no energy in the group, but we had a day off yesterday, and I really, the guys came back hard tonight. And uh, against a good team, we played well. You mentioned your big guys. That might have been the most dominant period for McDavid. He just seemed every shift uh, yeah. making something happen. Yeah, he's he was, that's, that's Connor at, full speed right there you know so it was entertaining to watch fun game I'm sure for the fans and uh, you got the big guy scored Ovechkin had two Drysaddle had two McDavid was really good I mean it was an entertaining game yeah being able to rely on your defense when your offense isn't going has kind of laid the foundation for being able to come back like this are you starting to see that some of the stuff that you're trying to implement yeah you know like I say I, I didn't mind the way we played we, we made one uh, a poor decision on uh, on the PK goal um you know, one deflection goal that, that goes in and one that cost you probably like to have back. So uh, defending-wise against them, I thought we were all right. But uh, we had a couple chances that we could have capitalized on. They were, after the second period, that's what I told the coach. I said, they're capitalized on their chances. We haven't capitalized on ours, so let's go see if we can find something, you know. So I, I, uh, we just said, hey, let's get that next one and see what happens. And uh, Connor made a good play to Leon to get the get us within one, and then it... Uh, and anything can happen from there. But the defensive base, I, I like what we're competing hard, especially with the defensemen out. I mean, we've got guys that are playing bigger minutes than, uh, than they would be if, you know, those other players are in, and they're doing real well. You're still getting just about all of your goals from four forwards. Is that, yeah. is that something that's a concern? Uh, it's a concern. It's a concern without it. I mean, we're uh, those guys are working hard, and we're, you know, we've, 
there's lots of talk going in amongst our group here of trying to find ways to uh, improve our offensive game. But I like their work ethic. I like their penalty kill. But, you know, at some point we've got to start chipping in there a little bit too. Uh, Dave, uh, considering you were playing the, the Stanley Cup champion from two years ago, a perennial powerhouse, uh, did, did you see this as a litmus test for your team? You know what? I, and not so much because it was Washington. I, w I wanted to see us play well because we didn't play well the other night you know and, and obviously we had a good team in front of us so we had to play well if we had a chance to win but um, like I say out of the 10 games the, the one the other night even the Philly game I didn't like as much but there were still good spurts in that but the Minnesota game was just a poor game all the way around and sometimes your team you just you just have no gas in the tank and that's where we were and so I was interested to see how the team responded tonight after coming off a tough game and um you know, I was really, I was happy if he just went just by compete level, not not even score. I was real pleased with how hard we competed in that game that gave us a chance to win, right? So your big guys made some good plays to give us, a, to, to get the win, but everybody in the lineup had to compete hard to get us to that place. And was there anything you felt like you learned about your team tonight after a game like this? Well, just we're resilient. We stay with it. I think that's one of the biggest things we've talked about since since the start of the year. We have a way that we want to play, and we have to stay with it. Even, you know, we're, like I say, I, we're down 3-1. I thought we were playing well, you know. So uh, you got to stay with it. It's just we have a saying on the bench or where just stay with the game. Let's stay with it, see what happens here. And, and uh, don't get flustered. You just kind of go about your business and you make sure you're doing the things right that we want to try to do, and we'll see if we can get the result. And so far, it's, it's worked out for us. All right, that's Dave Tippett and certainly referencing he didn't panic. didn't seem like the players were panicking after a second period where Washington was the better team. I like that. He said they've capitalized on our chances. Let's go out there and see if we can do it. Well, yeah, I agree. And Leon echoed it earlier in his post game where he said he felt the team was playing all right. They, they just weren't getting the, the breaks that the Capitals got. I mean, the Oilers, uh, the deflections they had didn't bounce in nicely like Ovechkin's did. But they stayed positive. They, they got big saves. They pushed forward, shortened their bench a little bit. And uh, it was a very important goal, the, the one that made it 3-2 because now all of a sudden the life came back into them and they, they felt it and from then on they pushed. Uh, There's a couple chances Washington had but I felt that Washington was holding on. I think they, they stopped taking chances. They stopped creating because they were just trying to, to nestle this home and I guess that's one of the things I heard Jack and Bob talking about the fact that they've given up was it four or five leads this year going into the third period and ended up not winning hockey games so that probably plays on their minds because it's happened too many times and they tried hoping they were going to win the game and the Oilers sensed that. Pushed forward, got the break they needed. Uh, the, the McDavid goal that tied it probably wasn't their best scoring chance and there's probably five or six chances that were much better that Holtby made, made staves but you keep putting pucks on net, good things are going to happen. The Capitals are now 6-1-3 and three when leading after two so they're almost always ahead after two and they still have six wins when... Uh, leading after two and they still have points in nine of the nine of the ten games but they're seven two and three now on the season there's a couple other notes if you missed it earlier the shots on goal tonight 40 28 for the others they actually didn't give the capitals credit for a shot in overtime on the score sheet i, I guess See, uh, we never saw a replay because baxter went around the net and tried to stuff it and I, you never saw a replay if he stuffed 
because it looked like he had room. He went all the way around. Right. It looked like he had, and that's what created the the chance for for the Oilers coming back three on one. Um, so he may have jammed it or or hit the side of the net. And Might not have got away, all the way yeah. out, but uh, Koskinen did get across there. Uh, it was an entertaining overtime, much more entertaining for the Oilers fans, obviously. Koskinen is 5-0, and first Oilers goaltender ever. That's shocking. Start the season 5-0. and Andy Moog was 4-0 and in 83-84. It, it's shocking for the number of great teams and great goaltenders that the Oilers have had that they never started a season or one of the goalies didn't start 5-0. and And eight regular season overtime goals for Leon Dreisaitl is a new team record. Okay, let's head down to the Capitals dressing room again for BDO First Call Debt Solutions. Bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. Here's their head coach, Todd Reard. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I, I liked uh, our second period a lot, and we weren't able to carry uh, on some of the things we did well in the second into the third. Um, but, uh, like, like you said, if, if you're going to play that style of game against that team, we made some really poor reads and, and ones without the puck, not, not necessarily puck management ones, but they were reads of when the opposition had the puck and they you know, had so many odd man rushes in that game and then were able to convert when they got the opportunity. So They seemed, they seemed to make Braden's life a little bit more difficult because he was otherwise oh, yeah. outstanding. Yeah, no, he made it. I mean, he kept us in the game with... Uh, um, you know, with saves on, like I said, a number of odd man rushes, and to, mo to me, those were read based, um, and and uh, you know that's something that uh, we got to continue to to work on and, and improving our decisions and knowing who you're on the ice against is something we talked about before the game, and um, you know, you, you, I don't have the luxury of having the, the last change, so you're going to have certain players out there in matchups you don't necessarily like, and players have to understand those reads and, and the choice that they make on the ice. You guys have been really good at five on six. Uh, did you see anything out there in, in, in that situation that wasn't uh, up to par tonight? Yeah, just, um, you know, it, it they, they play with such speed that it forces you to, um, you know, it, Chase, chase a lot of pucks down and you know like I said with some of our breeds and plays away from the puck where we allow them to get above us um, allowed them to get a little bit too many entries in the neutral zone um, and then you know some choices uh, um, with us just five on six and making sure that we're holding that net front area would be something that, that I think is important we got to continue to work at. All right, that's Todd Reardon, head coach of the Washington Capitals. Oilers rally to win it tonight, 4-3 in overtime. They are 8-2-1 and one on the season. Here's what's coming up this weekend here on 6.30, Chad. Saturday afternoon, 3.30 countdown to kickoff, game at 5 as the Eskimos take on one of their old rivals. And then Sunday afternoon, 12.30 faceoff show here from Studio 99, game at 2 as the Oilers meet the Florida Panthers. You can always get more on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening, and to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place. Oilers Hockey is presented by World of Spas. Overtime Open Line presented by Heartland 4. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Great game tonight. Edmonton 4, Washington 3 in overtime. Dry settle with 2, including the game winner. Have a great night.